Hello everyone, I hope you are well. I'm Carlos Carnicero Uravallen and I want to welcome you all to Future is Blue, a series of podcasts bringing together top experts from academia and think tanks to discuss the most pressing European economic and policy challenges of today. This is a Funkas Europe initiative and we hope we can bring new ideas for a more inspiring debate about Europe. It's been over one month since Russia started the invasion of Ukraine. Since the 24th of February, the EU, together with key allies such as the UK, the US and others, have approved up to five rounds of sanctions against Russia, targeting key sectors but leaving aside for the moment oil and gas. Today, we want to take a look at the economic impact of the sanctions and this trade war in both Russian economy and the European economies. So to get some insights on this question, let me welcome Sergei Alekashenko, a well-known analyst and former Deputy Minister of Finance of the Russian Federation and former Deputy Governor, Governor of the Russian Central Bank. Sergei, many thanks for joining us. Uh, happy to be with you, Carlos. Excellent. And let me welcome also Raymond Torres, who is Funkas Europe Director. Hello, Raymond. Hello, good afternoon. So, Sergey, I like, in fact, I like both of you to comment on, 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 on this idea. And I'd like to ask you about the economic costs that Russia is suffering from Western sanctions. Is the pain, so Sergey, is the pain manageable as long as oil and gas stay out of the equation? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, Carlos, a uh, market economy where prices are free and uh, they help the economy to find the equilibrium allows to respond to any type of sanctions. And uh, the price uh, the economy has to pay is the decline in the size of the economy, decline in GDP, <clears throat> inflation and uh, decline in living standards. So all sanctions are manageable but we have to understand their price. For example, some of sanctions uh, provided immediate effect, like financial sanctions, restrictions on the bank payments, for freezing of the assets of the central bank, that resulted in the inflation of 10% a month just immediately, the next day after the war started and the sanctions were announced. Uh, on the other hand, there are some sector, so-called sectoral sanctions, the export control that blocks access of the Russian economy to the globalized economy, that in fact decouple the Russian economy from the global uh, industrial production, from the global knowledge, and uh, they will affect the economy within next week, next month, next year. Uh, we have the very first estimates uh, of uh, the effect of the Russian economy announced today by the first deputy prime minister Andrei Belousov, who said that industrial production fell by 11% and that uh, services fell something by 10%. And we understand that, okay, if there is a decline in the industrial production, that means it's less goods uh, on the market. If there is less supply, but you have the same demand, the price will go up. We have seen all this uh, two years ago during the COVID crisis. And uh, 
we, uh, on the other hand, we say, okay, this is minus 10, 11%. It's only the beginning of the story. Because being an industrial company, you have some stock of imported components that allow you to keep production uh, for, for, several, you know, for a certain period of time. But as soon as this stock will expire, uh, you will start to uh, cut your production, you will start to contract. And that means that minus 10% in the very beginning of this uh, sanctions pressure, uh, it's only the beginning. So the, the real price for the Russian economy may be much bigger. But nevertheless, I want to uh, re-emphasize that economy definitely will manage this by increasing inflation, declining living standards and contraction. Thank you, Sergei. Be- Raymond, before we enter in, in the topic of, of oil and gas, I wanted to ask you about what Sergei said about the effects. Some are so, so there are some short short term effects that are already uh, that are already on site in, in the Russian economy, but there are other effects that we, we may see in years. Do you agree with that? Yes, I very much like uh, the, the distinction that uh, Sergei has just made between short-term and longer-term effects, with the longer-term effects put potentially being larger uh, in terms of the economic impact and the, the geopolitical impact as well. And uh, one can see that also uh, given uh, one of the key decisions that European EU countries have taken, which is to delink uh, progressively as, as fast as they can from the supply of uh, from the imports of Russian gas and, and oil. And I think this could lead also to a longer term, if you wish, a longer term impact. But also I would like to add, I mean, Sergei already presented a very complete picture of the impacts on Russia. And I would like to add one element, uh, which is the freezing of uh, foreign exchange reserves. Like Sergei was, I understand, deputy governor of the Central Bank of Russia. He knows that very well. But clearly this is something very exceptional that foreign exchange reserves would be frozen. And not only that, but uh, Russia has been practically delinked, not entirely, but uh, to a large measure uh, from the SWIFT payment system. And this introduces very specific uh, problem as well, which is the risk of a, a debt default of, of, of Russia, of Russian state or, 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 or private sector, uh, because it cannot uh, emit uh, the uh, obligations, the debt uh, payment obligations, uh, whereas it has a foreign exchange, in fact. But simply the, that foreign exchange cannot be used uh, in order to pay, to repay the debt uh, or to renew the debt. And so this can lead to a default, which is a very specific issue. I don't think it could be, it's going to be a major problem in terms of financial impact for the world as a whole. But certainly also is part of the longer term uh, elements that Sergei was mentioned, that there is a, a bit of a de-link of the Russian financial system from the, the present links with the US and Europe and maybe closer links with China, for example, and, and, and other parts of the world. So, so the, EU, um, the EU for now has left oil and gas uh, uh, um, outside the sanctions mix. According to Bruegel, the Brussels-based think tank, the EU, the EU is currently paying Russia 450 million uh, euros for its oil and 400 million euros for its gas on a daily basis. So these are these are big numbers. So Sergey, what would happen if EU leaders agree to cut this sensitive link? Uh, countries like Germany, uh, Hungary, Slovakia, Poland, they will lose supply of oil and oil refined products immediately because uh, the share of Russian oil and uh, oil refined products like uh, gasoline or diesel fuel may exceed sixty uh, percent or seventy percent or eighty percent. 
uh, and uh, power stations uh, that use gas, gas as uh, fuel, they will stop immediately because uh, countries, Germany depends on Russian gas more than 40%, uh, Slovakia and Hungary more than 90%. So they have no other sources uh, of fuel to run electricity production. Many industrial companies uh, that use gas as, uh, as a raw material, for example, in producing fertilizers, uh, they, they will stop. Uh, and uh, the, I heard about uh, estimates that uh, the European economy uh, in the countries that are dependent, so Europe is divided between countries uh, that are dependent on Russian fuels and Russian that, uh, countries that are not dependent on Russian fuels. For example, I may assume that Spain and Portugal, there they have very marginal dependence on Russian fuels. So the countries that are dependent, they may lose 7 to 10% uh, of their GDP uh, in a short period of time. So it will be a huge recession. That's quite a, quite a shock. What about the shock for the uh, Russian economy? I think you described very well the, 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 the level and the amount of disruption that those countries most affected by, by imports of, of gas and oil would suffer. But what about in the, in the, in the other side, in the Russian Federation? Uh, of course, it's a mutual dependence and the Russian economy will suffer a lot. Uh, export of oil, uh, of Russian oil to Russia, um, if we take by, uh, only the oil going by pipeline, it's maybe 15 to 17% of export. If we add uh, oil refined products, it will increase up to 25%. And that means that Russia should uh, shut, shut down oil production by quarter in a very short period of time. Just saying immediately, otherwise uh, the pipelines will blow because Russia has very limited amount of free storage uh, for oil, for crude oil. And uh, it's very expensive, first. And second, if and when sanctions will be removed, uh, it will be much more costly, maybe several times more costly to restart those wells. Because in Russia you should drill new wells, you could not use the well that was blocked. Uh, so it's uh, it will be a very significant blow on the real sector and of course on the financial sector because La Russia may lose significant portion of its uh, export proceeds. Thank you, Sergey Raymond. What's your reaction to this uh, sort of apocalyptic scenario we were just describing? <laughs> yes, it's, it is apocalyptic because, in fact, um, it's certainly. Uh, some major European countries like uh, Germany will probably, if if the uh, you know the imports of uh, gas and oil were completely interrupted, those countries would uh, fall into recession. It's quite clear that uh, that would be the case of Germany and some other EU countries which uh, rely so much on are so much dependent on Russian supplies. And so uh, this would have, of course, second round effects on the rest of Europe, much less in the case of Spain, which only has eight percent dependence on Russian energy, uh, but uh, Spain depends on exports to Germany, which if, if uh, into falling fall into recession, of course, would have a, an indirect effect. So clearly, the energy channel is extremely, is extremely important for Europe and would be, it would be a major growth, perhaps not so much now, which will go into the spring, and therefore reliance on, on especially gas would be not, not so important vis-a-vis -vis the winter, but for next winter, uh, for next autumn and next winter, Clearly, there would be a, a real danger of a, of a recession, uh, I would say a second one, so, so soon after the pandemic, in the case of, of uh, EU. But I would say in, in Russia, the impact would be a lot larger. Already, as we just discussed, the, the existing sanctions have a major effect, according to 
uh, Russian officials themselves and, and others, uh, independent analysts, that they estimate around 10% fall in GDP. But of course, the interruption of uh, oil and especially gas exports to Europe would be another major blow, not only for the Russian economy itself, but also to, in terms of the continuation of the war effort. Uh, because, of course, at the moment, uh, apparently, you know, export proceeds uh, of oil and gas represent around a billion dollars uh, a day, uh, while well, 70% of that would be would disappear if, the, if this would happen. So it would have a major effect, a much larger effect in the case of Russia than in the case of EU countries. And of course, uh, looking longer term, it would depend very much on, on whether this would uh, actually facilitate some sort of agreement uh, between the uh, between Russia, Ukraine, and the rest of the world, we would say, or uh, or on the contrary, would precipitate a, uh, an aggravation of a conflict, which is a completely different matter. Um, even if if for now, or or maybe it's going to stay that way, and all oil and gas will not be part of this economic war. Uh, Sergey, what are your thoughts on on the impact that we are seeing on on Europe's economy? Uh, because obviously the sanctions have also an effect on Europe's economy. I'm thinking about the export of products and luxury products to Russia. I'm, I'm thinking about the fall in tourism that um, uh, we are experiencing. So, what is what is your assessment in the way uh, the impact we we are seeing in in Europe's economy? Carlos, you see, uh, it it depends on on the sectors and on the situations on the companies, because of of course uh, some uh, luxury brands they may lose a significant portion of their sales that was concentrated in Russia <coughs> or with Russian tourists. Uh, I would not uh, I would not uh, uh, I would not uh, say that we can see the significant decline in tourism because the previous two years the tourism international tourism was blocked because of covid and russia had no internationally recognized vaccine so there were not a lot of russian tourists in the last two years so statistically the decline uh, in this year compared to the previous year in tourism will be non-significant uh, I would say that the major, the biggest effect, the biggest effect uh, for the European economy will be increase in uh, prices for foodstuff. Uh, Ukraine is uh, the biggest exporter in the world of uh, sunflower oil and uh, one of the biggest exporters of the grain. And we know that those markets, they are they're global. Yeah, so if there is a shortage of uh, sunflower oil in uh, Middle East, for example, uh, there is an increasing demand for different types of vegetable oil all over the world. And uh, you may see that in many uh, European shops, uh, the price for vegetable oil has increased or there are empty shelves on some limitations like in France. So no more than two bottles of the oil to, to one person and so on and so forth. So I think I would... Uh, not not saying that uh, the price for uh, car, for the fuel for uh, gasoline for heating for electricity is increased as well. So I would say that at the moment, at the moment, the biggest concern for European economy is inflation. Thanks, Sergey. Uh, Raymond, what are your thoughts on on the union on the EU staying together through this crisis? Because I think this is an asymmetric shock. And as we just discussed, some, there are some countries more exposed than others. So do you see, uh, do you see the 27 member states uh, sharing the burden of this crisis like they did with COVID and there was solidarity in action and, and there was even 
uh, the decision to issue common debt to cushion uh, the whole uh, crisis. So what is what is your reaction? Yeah, so far this has been the case. The, there has been uh, a common reaction, relatively quick uh, ability to to uh, agree on the san- on the sanctions, for example, and on the on the re- main main elements of the reaction to the to the energy crisis, which has developed uh, as a result of this. Uh, so this is the case now. Where there are two areas where, uh, let's say, it, it, we have to see whether the same kind of agreement uh, will be reached. One has to do with uh, an, another possible wave of sanctions, sanctions, with some countries, um, uh, you know, indicating that uh, there they should be a cut or at least a significant decrease in the imports of Russian oil and, and gas. Uh, in order to, you know, uh, put further pressure on ending the war uh, or the invasion as soon as possible. Other countries do not agree fun- fundamentally for economic reasons, because, of course, it would trigger a recession, as we just mentioned. So this is an area where I, I think there are some elements, let's say, if not disagreement, with different perspectives because of the different starting positions. We have to see how, how this develops. Another area has to do with the uh, fiscal policy, yeah? with, with the the extent to which, uh, as happened during the pandemic, where there was a, an agreement to emit euro bonds and to engage with the next generation EU, this major fiscal program, I mean, the, something like that uh, may happen. Uh, here, it's a different different type, uh, or the different configuration of countries agreeing on different things, but fundamentally some uh, would prefer to limit uh, the fiscal response to country-specific uh, measures and others would want to have a European-wide kind of program in order to compensate the sectors most affected or the households most affected and, and indicate solidarity through that uh, EU-wide fiscal policy. And I don't think so far uh, there is agreement. And I would say, uh, if I may add, a third area where there are different perspectives has to do with monetary policy. Because with inflation rising, for example, in the case of Spain, it's nearly 10%, more than 10% in the Netherlands, more than 10% in Baltic countries, in Germany, an unthinkable, an unthinkable 7.5% or so. Uh, so there are, uh, you know, the hoax. Eh? They say they want as soon as possible to have interest rates adjustments, interest rate increases and uh, tightening, rapid tightening of monetary policy. And others consider that because of the debt situation, they would prefer a, a more gradual approach. So here too, we have to see how the solidarity or they say, the agreement capacity of Europe is going to be tested in all these areas. We'll see. We'll see about that in the next few months. I think we are we're we're coming to an end. But I'd like to thank you both for sharing great insights on this crisis. And I, I'll be happy to to continue this conversation in the future because unfortunately it's gonna be it's gonna stay very relevant. All what we are saying today. Um, so Sergei Alekashenko, former Deputy Minister of Finance of the Russian Federation and former deputy governor of the Russian Central Bank. Many thanks for joining the Future is Blue podcast. Uh, thank you, Carlos. Happy to be with you today. And Raymond Torres, Funkas Europe Director. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to join uh, uh, Sergei for this very interesting conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you all for joining. This was all for now. We will come back soon with more exciting speakers on Europe's economic and policy-related key debates. Future is Blue is a Funcas Europe initiative. I'm Carlos Carnicero Ravallen, and if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to recommend it to others and share it on social media. Thank you all, and stay well. Stay well.